you so much, God, for this night and the ability to come back and be a barefoot God that sometimes things keep us from doing so. Um, and it just makes us a little bit more grateful for the opportunity that we do get to have to come and be with each other and learn more about you. God, I just ask that during this time you use me to give your message and that you get, any, get rid of any distractions for, for myself or anyone else um, that might be distracted by something. God, just let them hear you um, speaking through me tonight. I thank you for using me um, for this place and bringing these awesome people together um, to make this what it is, barefoot. Uh, Prayerly sings in your son's holy name. Amen. So we're in week three of Distinct. We've been talking about Distinct and who, what makes Jesus distinct um, and what makes us distinct that we're made in the image of God. And now we're going to be talking about the idea that we can all serve in distinct ways. Our big idea for the night is that we can all serve in big and distinct ways. Um, and so maybe you're sitting there thinking, I don't know where I fit in, right? I don't know how I can fit into serving uh, I'm just a middle schooler, I'm just a high schooler, I don't know how I can actually serve. Um, guys in the middle, make sure we're paying attention, thanks. Um, so when we're looking at some things that are different, unique, and distinct, we'll see, you know, how many of you are picky eaters? Like you have certain things you will not even consider. Two hands up. Super picky. All right. Um, what are what are some things that who who's who are picky eaters again? What are some things that you don't eat that might that other people might consider? Yes, Ava. Go ahead. Mushrooms are disgusting, so that's okay. Uh, mushrooms. If you want to eat a mushroom, listen, if you want to eat a mushroom, just go outside and bite the ground. That's literally the same thing. Shh, pickles, that's... All right. Shh, oh, oh, oh. Okay, stay with me. Stick with me here. Okay, so some foods give us essential vitamins. That's right, and there are a lot of them, a lot more than you can think. Um, than you would think. Other foods give us protein or about any of that stuff. Hillary Harmon literally can tell you everything there is about that. She is, yep, yep. Um, so, but there are important things in, in certain foods, right? Certain foods carry important nutrients and important things that our bodies need. If we didn't have from the things that you're putting into it. It can be um, something that can cause people to die. So it's very important to make sure that you're constantly thinking about that. All food serves a distinct... ...thing like, where am I going with this? And I promise there's a reason I'm talking about food. I'm not, I'm not just hungry. Um, so how many of you have ever been a member of a team, not just sports, but of any kind? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You've been a part of a team of any kind. Yes, most people in here have been a part of a team at some point. And whether you've been a part of a sports team or a debate team or a leadership team or um, a music or a cast or whatever, 
um, you know that this is true, right? On a team, sh- on a team, everyone has a distinct role to play, right? On sports teams, there's positions, and people are picked for certain positions. On in in casts or choirs, right? There are different voice types that people pick certain things for, right? Um, on debate teams, certain people argue at the beginning, and certain people close because that's they're just better at that. So there's always roles in teams. And if we're being honest, sometimes we're less than thrilled about the role that we're given. How many of you have ever gotten a role on a team that you didn't like? Raise your hand. Most of us thought we were going in one thing and then we get something else and we're like, what the heck happened, right? Um, the lie that we often believe is that qualities, skills, and interests that make us distinct aren't the most or best things um, they, we sometimes we see the things that cause us to not want to not be a part of instead of ourselves. We could have something else, right? Everybody in here has something that they're really good at. That's something great about themselves. But we constantly are looking for things that we want to change, right? We're constantly saying, I'm not tall enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not whatever, right? And we're constantly focused on the things that make us not good enough in our own minds, right? And so tonight we're going to look at the reason that we should look at the God has given us, right? The things that we don't need to change. Um, and really, there are things that you need to change. Who he wanted you to be. But we let the world tell us that we need to change ourselves. And so tonight we're going to look at why it's important to on the things that we do have and how we can use those. Right? There was a time when I I played soccer, and so when I played soccer, I always either played a center defensive midfielder or right back, which is part of the defense. But I was a defensive-minded player. And so I came and I tried out for this club team one time. And I told them specifically what position I wanted to play. And they took me on the team. But then the coach wanted me to play um, what's called like a center attacking. That's just not who I wanted to be. But um, I really wanted to be on this team. Um, and so I tried to start playing that position. And I just couldn't, right? I had problems with releasing the ball quick enough and I had problems with like my vision and not being able to see where passes should go. And so this coach like benched me, right? And I didn't play. I just, I literally did not play. I'd get like 10 minutes a game. It was one of those travel teams where we would drive to like Georgia, Virginia. I mean, we would go everywhere, right? And so my parents were upset and da, da, da. I was upset. But instead of trying to tell the coach what I could do, I kept trying to be what he wanted. This wasn't going to happen. And so the best role for you to play is is the distinct role only you can play. Isn't that the best role for you to play? Like the the specific role, isn't that the best thing that you can play? Other people and constantly changing yourself to try to have more attention. Affirmation is not a bad thing. Um, 
you should want that within the role that God has given you. Because you change yourself completely. You know, like you shouldn't want to make other people happy and in, in doing that, change who you are like at your core. Because there, there are people that do that, right? Um, we're going to look at some scripture here in a minute. And we've been talking about, well now all three weeks, we've been talking about what it means to be distinct. First we talked about how Jesus is distinct because He's unlike anyone else, right? He is God in the flesh. He walked on and died. Second week, we talked about how we are made distinct too because we're and that's what makes us distinct. And so today we're going to actually talk about what we can do with our distinctness, right? So we talked about Jesus and we talked about God making us distinct and now we talk about how So we're going to talk about that this evening. There's a guy named Paul. Raise your hand if you know who Paul is in the Bible. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, the really important, right, teacher's pet type of guy. That's who he was, right? So Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament that we have today. Um, and he has a lot of helpful things to say about how to use our individuality, right? Um, Paul had a pretty unique faith journey himself. Um, before he started following Jesus, he oppressed Christianity so much um, that he would chase out Christians and... Um, and so, and he even um, would have them stoned to death, which back then, in the movies and the shows, you've probably seen like people throwing rocks at people, and that did happen. But sometimes that meant people would be taken to an edge of a cliff and pushed off. And so they would die because they hit the stones at the bottom, and so that's why it was... So really gruesome ways that Paul would have Christians killed, right? But then he, had an, he has an encounter with Jesus. Paul, who at that time's name was Saul, had this encounter with Jesus who is like, he's the guy. I mean, Christianity, Jesus, I mean, that, right? He's like the guy. And so they have this encounter that changes Paul's, Saul's life, literally, changed him so much that his name was changed, right? Paul had this encounter, and when he realized Jesus was really God, he made it his mission. Would listen for the right? Parts, right? To Jesus by just telling people them how his life was changed. And how Jesus can change and God can change their lives as well, right? I mean, can you imagine? I'm up here and you in the region for killing people comes up to you and says, hey, I'm Paul. And you're like, no, you're Saul. And he's like, no, see, I had my name changed because I met this guy. His name is Jesus, the son of God. And he told me, even though the things that I did 
I'm not even condemned to not have a relationship with him. I still made it into heaven and he allowed me to see the true person I was meant to be. And you'd be like, whoa, right? Like if God can use somebody that killed Christians, then surely me who told a couple lies to my parents and da 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 And so Paul told people what his mission was. And then also he helped faith communities who were already following Jesus continue to grow deeper. There's a lot of letters in the New Testament, like Corinthians and those books, Romans, Colossians. We know those books in the Bible are all letters that he wrote to churches that were just starting or had been around that were struggling with figuring out sounds like 2022 right churches are still struggling with how to how do we do it better right and so paul was a big part in that as well and so we're going to read out of uh one of those books first corinthians 12 and this was a letter that he wrote to a church in corinth which was a city and he was addressing a few issues that were going on there so i'm going to read that now um first corinthians 12 1 through 11 what i want to talk about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood, but I want you to be informed and not. Remember how... ...before we knew God, or maybe that's you now, right? We know like the type of person that we were. Like me, before I knew God, I mean... I was like, you know, I was still fun to be around because that's never going to change, right, Amy? I mean, I mean, yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> but I didn't care about literally anyone else around me. I could care less about anybody else around me besides myself. And that, for me, when we talk about that Saul to Paul moment, that for me, when I started a relationship with God and got serious about it, that's what changed for me. I started having empathy for other people. But we're going to continue here. Um, But I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember how you were when you didn't know God, led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everybody else did it. Again, pause. This was written over 2,000 years ago. Okay, not last week. This was written over 2,000 years ago. And tell me if this isn't what our society is today. Um, How you were before you didn't know God. Led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everyone else did it. I can't tell you. But I know there are people in this room that have done things just because everybody else did. continues and he says God wants to use our intelligence to seek to understand as well as we can for instance by using your heads you know perfectly well the spirit of God would never prompt anyone to say Jesus be damned no intelligent person would say the son of God needs to be damned I mean that's just not a good idea right nor would anyone be inclined to say Jesus is master without the insight of the Holy Spirit when he's staying there, nobody's going to say Jesus is my master without having a relationship with him, right? No human being is going to say any other person is their, is their master without 
having a relationship with Jesus, right? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're not going to say, Jesus is my master. That's just not, right? It doesn't, it doesn't even sound right if you don't have a relationship. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God Himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits, not just a few people, not just youth directors and senior pastors, and everyone benefits, right? All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Wise counsel, I didn't get that, but maybe some of you did, right? Clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, right? All of these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out only one by one by the one Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. So, Paul is telling this, hey, all of you have your individual gifts and that's what you need to You shouldn't be focused on, well, everybody's not good at this and we only want the people that church of Corinth was doing. All these people were fighting about what their church needed to do, right? And Paul is saying, all of you have these gifts. All of you are important. And God says the same thing to all of us. Like He, want, he sees you trying to be the person that you but you feel like you have to be, right? He sees you doing things because you feel like you have to get that affirmation back so you can get somebody to be impressed by, about you, right? He sees you doing those things and it breaks his heart because he's like, man, I made this plan for you and I made you who you are, but yet you're pushing to be somebody that is not even like going to matter, Right? And you as teenagers, if you're already at 13 or 12 or whatever, up to 18, whatever, if you're already starting that in your life, like you're already changing yourself so that other people will like you and accept you, I'm going to tell you by the time you're an adult, you're going to be so tired that you're not going to want to have anything to do with God's plan or anybody else's plan. And you're not going to know what to do because you you have been so many different people through the years that you're just going to be so like tired. You're just going to be tired, right? And I can say that because I've been there. Like I I tried to be other people, right? I moved from Michigan and Florida are very different, okay? Um, just the people are different. The, the things that people do are different, right? And so I constantly found myself like trying to, to change who I was, right? And I got tired. And I would forget, like I told this group, this group of people, this is who I was. And I would tell this group of people something different because I wanted to fit in with them. And I was like, I would go over there and I'd be like, yeah, yeah. They're like, wait, you do? And I was like, wrong group of people. Sorry, uh, let me, you know, change my mask really quick, right? And so... If you're already doing that, you are hurting your growth, not only with the plan that God has for you, but with yourself and your, and your mental health and just like your possibilities that you have. 
because you're still figuring out what like how to do things i know you think you're grown and like you think you you know like uh i have people that none of them are here right now but they constantly i'm grown yeah 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 okay um i said the same thing right like i i'm not saying that but like we you guys think you have it figured out but you haven't even like surfaced and i'm not saying that as like a you know type of thing i'm saying that because you should want to experience what your surface underneath your surface looks like before you start changing your top surface for everybody else right like you should want to see what the bedrock looks like before you change what the surface looks like right so Paul needed the Corinthians to understand us that each of our gifts and who we are comes from God. Even when it seems random or the gifts we receive aren't the ones we wish we had, God gives us our gifts on purpose for a purpose. God made you who you are for a purpose. Not just like randomizer type thing and create a character and you just random everything, right? No. He put us together and, and made us who we are on purpose. And so, what is that purpose, right? That's the next question. What is my purpose then? If you're up there telling me that everybody has a unique purpose, tell me what my purpose is. And trust me, I wish I could. I wish I could tell all of you what your purpose is. But to answer that question, we're going to look at what the Apostle Peter, who's another disciple, um, wrote to another church around the same time Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, okay? Um, Peter was one of the very first followers of Jesus. He was like one of the OGs, right? He spent over three years, three years, which is a long, that's a lot of Jesus' ministry as an adult. That's a long time. Walking side by side with him every day, right? Peter's history with Jesus was an experience that Paul didn't have. Paul did not spend that much time with Jesus, which means Peter was equipped to lead in ways that were different, but no more or less important than Paul, right? Paul was equipped in different ways to lead than Peter was, but it doesn't mean either of them were less than or better than, right? Peter had a history of being pretty outspoken, um, sometimes even hot-headed. Like, if I had to pick what disciple I was most alike, it would be Peter, right? Because I'm, out, I'm outspoken. I tend to be hot-headed, right? Um, I like to be, I don't mind the center of attention. Peter didn't mind that either. So if, if I am like any disciple, it's Peter, okay? Um, and I'm okay with that, right? Fisherman, cool job. Yeah, not bad, okay? Um, although this feature of P Peter's personality got him into trouble at times, same, again, another similarity. His passion and enthusiasm are really important tools for the mission God gave him. And with that in mind, we're going to read what Peter says here. And, and it's Peter um, 4, 7 through 11. Okay? And this is what he says about the distinct gifts that God gives us. And I just want you to hear the energy. I know it's written, but I want you to hear the energy of what he's saying. Okay? Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up so take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, 
a bed to the homeless cheerfully, not, uh, they're standing on the corner again, oh, just give them a couple dollars, you're probably going to go buy. Okay. Be generous with the different things God give, gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus. And He'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything in course to the end of time. Oh yes. So, this is, a pretty to the, this is pretty to the point, right? Peter reminds us that the gifts God gave us aren't just for fun or to build up our egos, right? They're not trading cards that we can, like, I can't swap my God gift card with somebody else and then I get that card and, and like, I start collecting them. That's not how that works, Right? They're meant to be used. Um, and they're meant to serve God and other people. Peter and Paul had very different backgrounds. They had very different temperaments, experiences, areas of expertise, right? But their differences even resulted in a huge fight, actually, and it's recorded in the Bible, when they had a disagreement over each other's leadership. Each of them thought they were the better leader and they they went to blows about it, right? They fought about it. But Paul and Peter were both used by God in significant ways to spread the good news of Jesus all over the world. Right? Not despite their distinct gifts, but because of them. Because of who they were, they were able to do that word. Peter and Paul understood that our gifts are all meaningful because they can all be used to help love others. And I, my favorite part about that whole verse, the, the, those verses, my favorite part, is love makes up for practically anything. Like if you feel like you're not good enough in an area, love a little bit more. Like if you think you're not good enough, love people a little bit more. Right? And that'll make up for anything. Right? I'm, I would consider myself sometimes to be kind of annoying. Right? But man, right? You can, yes. Stop agreeing. <laughs> but I really, 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 really love people. I really love people. And for that exact reason, because I see who I used to be, that Saul I used to be, where I didn't care about people. I could care less if I hurt your feelings. If I, if I, I could care less. And I've said some pretty horrible things to people that I cared about, right? And I severed some relationships and I hurt some others that I'm still trying to fix, right? But then I see, I say, I'm, man, all right, God, I'm kind of tired of like trying this whole being. And he says, okay, and does this thing where I start caring about people like more than myself. It was, it's crazy, right? But that's because I said I was committed to the mission that God was giving me. 
Like, I'm committed to the person that God wants me to be. I'm not committing to the person that TikTok says I should be. I'm not committing to the person that social media says I should be. I'm not committing to the person um, that I have a crush on. I'll change for her and do whatever she wants me to do, right? I'm not changing for my friend group. I'm not changing so that I get accepted for a different um, spot on a team, right? All of those things. Those are the things that we all change for. But for what? Because eventually, what are they going to do? They're going to let you down. They're going to let you down. They will let you down. It's going to happen. You can argue with me all day, but it will happen. All those people that you're changing yourself for will eventually let you down. The person that will not and that will stay constant and that will not change who they want you to be based on trends and that kind of stuff is God. God is the person that will not let you down. He, he will see your mistakes. He'll see the things that you're insecure about and say, doesn't matter to me, I made you that way. Come on, let's go, right? I got a plan for you still. You're not over six foot, that's fine. Come on, right? You have two left feet, yep, come on, right? Whatever, whatever your insecurity, I don't have two left feet, those aren't my insecurities. Maybe the six foot thing is, but two left feet, no. But like you insert your insecurities in there and God says doesn't matter to me I made you that way right and so Peter and Paul understood that our gifts are all meaningful because they can all be used to help love other people and make a difference in the world that is like the base of all of the missions that God gives to us and like that's the base of the people that God made us loving other people and making a difference for the better in this world, right? That's at the base of everything, okay? Because of our distinct gifts, we can all serve in distinct ways. So, do I have that picture on there that's like a little map-looking picture? I think I do. Yeah. So, we have this map here. You're, maybe you're sitting there and you're like... I don't know how to figure out what my distinct thing is. I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know what my gift is. I don't know what my plan is, right? This will help you, okay? Number one is feel it. Start by thinking about what you're passionate about. What do you enjoy? What are some things that you like, right? You should have a lot of things that are unique about you, okay? After all, so you should have a lot of things. So after all of figuring those things out, where should you start? Ask the questions. What makes me excited? What makes me happy? Right? What can I get behind? What am I supportive of? What are some things that are specific to your life situation that you would be supportive of? Right? Okay. Think about life's things that have happened in your life that you could say, man, I could get behind that if, I, if somebody else needed help. Okay. Number two, own it. You have to believe distinct things can happen through your relationship with Jesus. Like if you don't believe that, it's because it's not going to work. If you don't think that your relationship with Jesus is specific to you and that God made you specifically for a purpose, then you're not going to be able to find your purpose. 
You'll always be searching. You may find one for a couple years, right? You may find something and fit in, but eventually it'll crumble, right? You may find a friend group that might be good to you, but eventually it'll crumble. You might get into a relationship with someone, right? And you think your world is perfect and that they're perfect and nothing could ever be better. And then guess what? Like, done, okay? They let you down, all right? So if you can't get behind thinking of that and knowing and believing that your relationship with Jesus is unlike anyone else's and that God has a unique purpose for your life outside of everybody else in this entire world, it's going to be hard for you. So you've got to believe that. And like if I had one thing that I wanted you to do as you left tonight was it would be that you believed that you have a specific thing that God is building all this up for and that you're ready to just kind of wait and see. I would love for everybody like to like self-commit to that, right? It's a big step, but it, the sooner you do it, the better it will be for you as you grow up, right? As you become an adult and you get out of middle school and high school and you go into college or go into whatever you want to do after high school, right? And you know what your plan is, like you know who you want to be, man, is your life going to be way easier. Like your anxieties and all that stuff will go, maybe not out the window, but there'll be a lot less because you know who you want to be already. Number three, try it. If you want to use your gifts to serve others, the solution is often easier than we think it is. That's trying it. Write down one thing or ten things that you want to try. And, and, and in small groups tonight, take an opportunity to like write some things down as a group. right? Leaders, if we have five minutes after we talk about life and some of the questions and whatever, talk about some things that you, you as a group or individuals would like to try. And our role, our job here at Barefoot is to make sure that we give you opportunities to see what you like to do service-wise, right? So we have two of those this summer through the mission trips. We're going to do things. So, but you, again, if you're not open to wanting to help other people and caring about the, the community and the people around you, then none of this matters, right? It, it doesn't matter. So the more things you try, the closer you'll get to finding out how your gifts and passions are best used. And after you try something, you might realize that it's not for you, and that's okay. That's fine. That's fine, right? Like if you go to a homeless shelter and, and, or a soup kitchen and you just are like way uncomfortable and way like this is not for me and you come in like and, and you go and then the second time I ask you to go and you're like I just it's not my thing I don't I'm not gonna be like you're banned right I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say you can't come back right that's not your thing but I will encourage you okay that's fine that's not your thing but let's find something else right like where can we where can you get plugged in right one thing I found out I really enjoyed doing at a, 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 di a different church that I worked at was making coffee. And we had like this coffee bar and I got to wear a cool apron like the people at Starbucks do. And people would come and be like, good morning, would you like some coffee? And, some people, and these are the people. 
all right, fine, you know, have a good day. But then if somebody was like, hey, I want a caramel macchiato with light ice and um, almond milk, and can you um, double whip, can you like double blend the cream so it's like heavier in my drink? I'm like, perfect, right? And so that's something I enjoyed, right? But it took time to find that. So you have to find what you like. And the only way you do that is by trying different things, all right? Improve it. When you found something that seems like it's working, dig in deeper and get better at it, right? Whether it's a cause you believe in, a ministry or an organization that you love, I'm very big into supporting um, anti-human trafficking, right? Project X is something that I'm big into, that I give money to and that I've given time to, right? Because I'm very big into the support of ending human trafficking, okay? And so find something that you enjoy. Find something that you enjoy. Like, get, like get, turn off your phone for like 30 minutes or get off your phone for like TikTok for 30 minutes and go on different organizations that help animals, people, right? The beach, whatever. And find that thing. Surround yourself with people that can grow in that area, that they can help you grow in that area. Number five, live it. Sometimes we get so caught up in preparing to do something that we never actually do. Who's done that before? Like you plan this trip or you plan this thing and you got all into it and then you never went. I hate doing that. I do that to myself a lot for some reason. I'll get like excited about going somewhere and I'll look up like price of flights and I'll look up like price of hotels and like I'll even find like best things to do like okay like a year or so ago i want i want to go to japan like in big okay i wanted to go to japan and i looked up everything and like i got people i got some of my friends like i was like hey y'all want and they're like what like japan but i was so excited about it some of them like i felt like kind of almost bought in maybe not but they um i get all excited about these plans but then i never do it and so when you find something that you enjoy, that you enjoy, right, an organization, uh, a, you know, um, a group or, you know, animals, beach, whatever, just filling in things that I think that a lot of people are interested in, go and do it. Don't hide behind your plans. Like it doesn't look really good if you're like, yeah, I'm going to come and help. And then you just keep saying that over and over and over and over and over and over and you never do it. And that just doesn't. That doesn't help you grow, and it doesn't give you the opportunity to figure out what you want to do, right? What your passion is. Don't get stuck in that trap where you have that vision. So helping each other make those plans might be one of the ways that we serve each other too, right? Maybe if you have a... Um, a shelter that needs help like that, right? And there are there are some out there, right? Maybe you have a thing for where you like to help um, people feel better, right? So like when you can, go back into nursing homes. Like that's one of our plans for this year. When we can, we're going to go into some homes, small groups, and spend time with people, right? And and things like that. But find a group of people that enjoys that and do it together, 
And that's a way that you serve each other in community, right? When we respect one another's differences and we learn from each person's unique gifts, we become the church that we're meant to be. Like that was Paul, that's what Paul and Peter were saying so long ago. And at Barefoot, that's how we become better is we learn from each person instead of them or for their uniqueness and say, man, that, that they're weird. I'm going to think about how awesome it was that God made them that way. Like that's how God made them. Right? Because it's a lot easier to talk about somebody else when a mirror is not in front of you. Right? But if a mirror gets in front of you, it might be a little bit more difficult to talk about somebody else when you're staring at yourself. We can all serve in distinct ways. And that's kind of where we're going to close. And I just want you to think about what you're passionate about. Even though you're 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Even if you're those ages, there is stuff that you're still passionate about, right? And that may change, like over the course of your life, it'll probably change. But there will be some, there's some core things already in there and that God's already put in there that you're passionate about. And so, however, myself and the adult leaders here can help you figure out what that is, we will, right? Like if I have to find, if you tell me that you're like passionate about Re, like rehabilitation of alligators, I will do my best to search for a place that we can go and help the rehabilitation of alligators. Right? Huh? Well, after this football season, that would be a great place to go for the rehabilitation of gators. <laughs> so. All right. But, so find, find something. Find something that you can get behind, okay? And, and however we can help you, sh- hold on, stay with me. We're gonna, however we can help you do that, just ask, please, okay? I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go to small groups. Um, so uh, leaders, the small group boxes are going to be on the ping pong table um, for you, Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, God, again, for allowing us to be back, um, allowing us to um, get over sicknesses and things like that that may have kept us from being here. God, there are still some people that aren't here because of that, so we want to pray for them as well. Um, Lord, and as we think about how we can serve you, God, instead of just making it um, so, you know, so much like a task, make it easy for about and serve it that way because we know if we're passionate about it, that you put it in our lives. And so we're thinking. We ask as we go to small groups that you allow our conversations to be free and that we is and what our relationship I just ask that you um, bring that energy into the small groups this evening. That you get us all safely tonight, and that you bring us back safely next week for another awesome week of Barefoot. We probably sing in your son's holy name. Amen.